welcome to the Ponoc Mavridi show, the first ever episode here with Alicio Network, um, with Tassos, uh, my buddy here that we're going to be doing the show with, and uh, yeah, as my intro, let's hear you from Tassos, you guys already know me, so. You're going to kick it over to us in Chicago? How's it going? We got Zach Elliott here, we got Raven Gasser on the ones and twos back there, we are here in Chicago, thank you for the lovely intro, Panos. Um, we are starting this to kind of um, give ourselves an opportunity to create more in hockey and in sports. Um, Chicago is a very nice market where hockey is on the rise. And there are a lot of good young journalists and a lot of good athletes and creatives that um, we're just looking to give a platform to. So um, this is going to be a fun show, I think. I think this is going to be a really good thing once we get into the swing of things. We're going to keep it short today. What's going on, Zach? Yeah, um, I just wanted to say I haven't met Panos for very long, but I appreciate having the opportunity to meet him and to be Tassos' friend and to hopefully be one of those um, you know, journalists slash people that are able to grow on a platform like this or just talk for the hell of it. Um, I'm happy to be here. I appreciate the chance. Obviously, Panos and Tassos uh, have the hockey angle covered uh, port to starboard, but I um, also want to be able to bring my voice to every other sport, any athlete story that I have the chance to cover. Yeah, Zach's going to host a show called The Deep Fade, and um, we're going to put out the first episode of that on Tuesday, recording tomorrow, and sometimes we'll catch me on that show sometimes you'll catch panos on that show um we're gonna spice it up try and cross promote each other's work and um we're gonna have a website coming out soon and that'll be uh either today today being monday or tomorrow being tuesday and um we're gonna post some blogs on there and i'm gonna have one ready to go and zach will have one ready to go uh we'll see if we can get panos actually putting pen to paper on some things, but we'll see. Panos, you want to get into a little hockey? Yeah, I mean, what do you want to start with? A bunch has happened in the past few days, so. So do you want to, I mean, you were kind of one of the first people on Edmonton today. I know uh, Fridge was one of the first people on it, but do you want to kind of talk a little bit about what happened today? Yeah, I mean, obviously they fired Jay Woodcroft uh, and also assistant coach Dave Manson, and they're bringing in um, Chris Knobloch, I think it's pronounced, as the head coach. And yeah, yeah. And then they're bringing in Paul Coffey, obviously, Hall of Fame player uh, as an assistant. So, I mean, um, I don't think it was necessarily Woodcroft's fault what was happening in Edmonton. You know, it was just everything was going wrong. The roster wasn't really built great in terms of depth and goaltending and stuff like that. But, I mean, when you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and you know you, you made the second round last year in the conference finals the year before that, and then you start off like two and ten on the season, three and ten, not a great look, obviously. Um, I think it had to be, you know, a change had to happen. Whether it was his fault or not, you need a new voice when the season starts off like that, and you have such high expectations. Um, and Knobloch has been around the NHL, uh, like he hasn't coached in the NHL, but he's been around like the talks of becoming a head coach eventually for the last few years now. So he's finally getting his shot. And then they're bringing in Paul Coffey, who's obviously a very respected person in the NHL for a long time, Hall of Famer, one of the best defensemen ever. 
So I, I like the move, honestly. I know I saw a lot of people clowning them because a lot of people are defending Jay Woodcroft, which is fine. Like I said, it's not his fault. But a fresh voice never hurts, especially after like such a bad start to the year for Edmonton. You think it's too late to save their season? No, no, I don't think it's too late, especially like when you have McDavid and Dreisaitl. I mean, those are arguably the two best players in the league. So I don't think it's too late. Um, but the, the clock's ticking with every single loss that they have, obviously. I, I know there's the stat that's uh, every American Thanksgiving. Like, it's very unlikely if you're sitting out of the playoffs at that point that you're going to make the playoffs just statistically all time. So, I mean, the clock's ticking. I don't think they're going to be in a playoff spot by American Thanksgiving, but, you know, they can start building towards that, and I don't think it's too late. I mean, like I said, they have two arguably the best players in the world. So, I think they need to go on a six-game win streak if they – five, six games. Yeah realistically, if they want to try and push themselves back into it. Uh, where do you want to jump to next? you want to stick in Western Canada or you want to talk Leo Carlson? Oh, we can talk Leo Carlson. I mean, he's been, you know, battling right with Bedard for the top rookie uh, over the last few days at least. I mean, first of all, the rookie race in general this season has been amazing. Like, honestly, so many good rookies this year. Like, there's like, it's the first time in a while that I could see like eight guys could be in the race for the Calvin, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, Leo Carlson obviously just had a hat trick against uh, Philadelphia. Um, and then, you know, Connor Bedard is, has like seven goals in the last seven games or something crazy like that. Maybe it's nine. You know, I don't know. He's just going off lately. He has, he's the first rookie since like the 1940s to have a four point game or the youngest of the three. So, I mean, like, he's really good. Carlson's really good. The rookie race is fun. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. Just the fact that, like, there's so many good rookies this year. Like, Minchikov in Anaheim too has been phenomenal, amazing. Eller as a rookie defenseman to come in and like he's arguably their best defensive player is insane. He's 19 years old, 20 years old from the NHL. So I don't know. It's just been fun to to track all these rookies. Obviously, I do the weekly power rankings too, and always the Calder is like the hardest for me to rank just because like it's it's fluctuating every week with all the good guys. I think another two goals from Connor Bedard still keeps him in that one spot, but. Leo Carlson, youngest Swede ever to have a hat trick, uh, youngest Anaheim Ducks player to ever have a hat trick, and he was pretty high up on the NHL one too. So, regarding your weekly power rankings, I want to know if you, if this week at least has pushed Jack Eichel into the conversation for the heart for you. I think he's a slam dunk uh, top three right now for MVP, and I know sometimes he might get a little overlooked just because Vegas is so loaded. And they're so deep, and everybody's contributing and firing right now. But you just watch the way Jack Eichel takes over games sometimes, and I, I really think this is his MVP year, especially with, you know, McDavid stumbling a little bit out of the gate, not even a point per game right now. I know you pointed that out last night. Um, but what do you think about Jack Eichel? I mean, like the Calgary race, there's also so many guys that I could say that are in the MVP race this year. For me personally, the number one spot is still uh, Elias Patterson. I mean, he's been phenomenal. He's such a talented player, and now he's finally putting it together to lead Vancouver to one of the best records in the league. But Jack Eichel, I've always been a big fan of him. I think he was really overhated down in Buffalo after, you know, he got mistreated by management. So I'm happy to see him doing good. I think he could also be in, in Selkie talks, which is kind of crazy to say because he's not really a guy known for his defensive efforts. But since he got to Vegas, he's been a very, very good defender. Um, to, for MVP, I still need to see him put up, you know, some more numbers uh, and also just like separate himself from the rest of his team just from the fact that Vegas, like you said, is so late, loaded. Whereas Vancouver, Pedersen's competition is like JT Miller and 
uh, like Brock Besser on the offensive core. So he's setting himself apart from everyone, in my opinion. Um, but like I said, I mean, also you've got Jack Hughes coming back soon too, which is, you know, he was leading the race before he got hurt. So there's a lot of guys who could contend for the MVP. So I'm not ready to give Jack Eichel a slam dunk top three yet, like you said, but I don't hate it either because I think he's a very talented player. All right. What else, What do you got? What do you got? Anything you want to bring? Uh, you could say uh, the fact that San Jose finally won two games back-to-back, which is pretty crazy, actually, after, you know, letting in back-to-back games with 10-plus goals allowed. They ended up winning back-to-back games, including beating Edmonton, which was probably what got Jay Woodcroft fired, to be honest. Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, we all know Mike Greer went down to the the dressing room and had, like, a GM players meeting, which is kind of not something we really hear about and apparently just gave it to them a lot and told them that that's not really acceptable, letting in goals like that. And they did respond. I think Edmonton kind of gave them that game on Thursday or Friday, whatever it was. And um, I really believe that everything Edmonton had was from the outside in that game. They really, I know they outshot them quite a bit, but it wasn't close. It, it um, San Jose just played better and Mackenzie Blackwood stood on his head. And that did, I think that did seal his fate, even though the Oilers scored four in the first on Saturday night. The sharks are the sharks are okay. I think the sharks are still very bad. I think that maybe there's a little bit of a chance for them to get some wins, um, but the sharks, I, I, they're not. I mean, you might be able to win a little money betting on them from time to time, right? But come on now. I mean, listen, listen. I think if you're betting on the sharks, you're donating your money. I mean, that roster is really, really bad. I'm not saying that they're on a, you know, they're turning their season around. I'm just saying it was pretty crazy to see them win back-to-back games after allowing back-to-back games with 10 goals, which is crazy in itself. Like, I don't know how you can be an NHL team and allow back-to-back games with 10 allowed goals. It's crazy to me. Like, you don't even see some teams allow 10 goals for decades, and then the Sharks did it in back-to-back nights, which is crazy. But, I mean, Mackenzie Blackwood, like you said, has been standing on his head. It's actually been crazy. Um, I think through those two games between the games against Philly and the game against Edmonton, he had a combined like almost 80 saves in those two games. So he's been really good. Um, but San Jose, like you said, is still not even close to turning their season around. I still think they're easily the worst team in the league. I mean, they don't even have Logan Couture yet either. So they're still struggling to really get offense going. Their defense is pretty abysmal. They traded for Kalen Addison, but like, it's Kalen Addison. Like he's he's a great offensive defenseman, but he's not a guy who's going to turn your season around. Those are the so, kinds I mean, of trades they know, need to be this... making, though. Those are the kinds of trades they need, right? Like fifth it round is, pick for is, a guy but... that could maybe put up 25, 30 points from the back end. Still pretty young. Well, they... the thing is, like I think they should be trading some of their top guys too. Like I wouldn't hate to see them trade Logan Couture and Thomas Hurdle. I know, like when you're a tanking team and a rebuilding team, you can't trade everybody. But for the Sharks' case, it's like, what are you going to do with Thomas Hurdle on your team, right? He's, he's still not old. He's a great player still, and he's rotting away on San Jose when he could be a very, very good second-line center for a contender. So that's just my opinion. I think San Jose should just kind of trade everybody, maybe even have one of the worst seasons ever. I don't know. I mean, I know you don't want to lose that many games when you're tanking, but I could really see it happening. And, I mean, listen, Macklin Silabrini, however you pronounce his name, I think it's Silabrini. I still got to learn. This guy, he was born in Vancouver, but he was raised and played his youth hockey in San Jose. 
for the San Jose Junior Sharks. His dad, I think, was uh, some sort of doctor for the Golden State Warriors. All right, so he grew up in the Bay Area. The script that Gary Bettman has written this year with the Sharks, he's going to the Sharks. I'm telling you, man, it's like a, it's a lock. There's no way this kid who grew up in San Jose, played for the San Jose Junior Sharks, is not going to the San Jose Sharks. It's happening. It's happening 100. percent I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, so one of the stories that you were one of the first on too that I think uh, I wanted to ask you about. So Logan Thompson was not allowed to wear a breast cancer ribbon sticker on his helmet, right? And yeah. then I saw Sergey Bobrovsky both on Friday and this afternoon against the Chicago Blackhawks this afternoon being Sunday afternoon, uh, wore a purple helmet. And Phil Grubauer wore one in warm-ups the other day. Uh, the NHL has not announced if they were going to do any fines yet. And I, they didn't end up finding Travis Dermott when he went out there with the pride tape. And um, they ended up changing their stance on it rather quickly. I just wanted to know maybe like what you thought of that whole ordeal and why maybe Logan Thompson was told that he wasn't allowed to do something and then Sergey Bobrovsky just kind of went out and did it himself. Yeah, I mean, the, the report came from Max Miller of the Hockey News. Uh, he's a San Jose Sharks beat writer. So he reported that uh, Logan Thompson was not allowed, and that was the night that the Knights played uh, San Jose, obviously. Um, I I don't know. Is it specific in the article weren't really like too specific, too detailed. Maybe he was told that before the season when they were making that rule, and then, you know, now things kind of changed. I think it's the stupidest thing ever, to be honest, to say someone can't wear a breast cancer ribbon on their helmet like i have the breast cancer ribbon tattooed on my leg for you know my mom so i think it's really stupid if you're gonna go say someone can't wear that or any anything really like i i don't know i know that there's a lot of controversy around all these stuff the, the specialty you know stuff in my opinion let the players wear what they want you know if, whether it's in warm-ups or whether it's for a game like if they want to use stick tape like I, if they want to use something on their helmet like what is that hurting? I don't get it. Every other league will allow it other than the NHL. So that's why I always say uh, hockey is the best sport with the worst run, you know, league and management and everything. And that's just my opinion, but I think it's very true, obviously, with this report too. So I, I think it's stupid. I have talked to Logan Thompson, you know, not about this, just in general. He's a nice dude. So I'm not surprised he wanted to do that, but I'm also not surprised the NHL said, you know, fuck you to that. You think Bobrovsky gets fined by the NHL? No, the NHL. The NHL realizes all the stupid rules they made this offseason are, you know, bad PR. So, you want to talk about the Panthers a little bit for a second? I, I want to believe so much that they're not for real. They've won, I think, four games in a row, and um, I think a lot of people pegged them to miss the playoffs after that run that they went on. They had a lot of injuries that on the back end, Montour and Ekblad, right, were missing to start the year. Um, you know, everybody's like, oh, can Bobrovsky even do this again? Um, you know, I know Kachuk has had a slow start out of the gate, but he's kind of come alive, and they just kind of always have these guys like Nick Cousins and Stephen Lawrence and um, uh, Kevin Stenland is there now, and all these just, like, hardworking guys that the Panthers have always been able to, like, get, just get a little bit more out of them, kind of along the lines of, like, a Derek McKenzie-type player. Um and they just, they work really hard, you know. Sasha Barkov works really hard. Matty Kachuk really demands a lot of himself. Um, so does, like, even Anton Lundell. I'm watching clips the other day and just him below the goal line, like, digging for pucks and just tossing them right in front of the net, creating good scoring opportunities for the Cats. And 
Paul Maurice gets him to play really hard. He makes it like a war like mentality for them. And I, I want to believe so much that they're fake um, and not for real and that honestly that there are other teams in the Eastern Conference that are better than them. But do you honestly realistically think that the, pa- the Panthers could get into the playoffs? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had before the season that Florida finishing second in the Atlantic. I think I had them ninth in the NHL. So I'm not surprised by this. Like, I really was expecting Florida to be still good this year. Uh, I knew that it was going to hurt them to, you know, lose guys like Montour and uh, uh, Forsling for a few months on the defensive end. But, you know, it hasn't really seemed like it's phased them. And obviously now they've got those guys coming back. So uh, they're doing great. I was expecting Bobrovsky to do better than he has been, but even with him kind of being on and off inconsistent, like Florida's still been a great team. The team that kind of uh, disappointed me is the team on the other side of Florida. I had them winning the cup this year. I had them being top of the Atlantic. Tampa Bay Lightning has just been You think John Cooper's message has finally gotten stale? Probably, and also just the fact that they're like, I don't know, I mean, I, I don't. I think Victor Hedman has fallen off a little bit too, just on the defensive end. He's still a point per game player, but he's getting old. He's got the injuries too. And honestly, that team without Nikita Kucherov looks like they can't do anything. Like he wasn't playing yesterday, and they couldn't do anything against Carolina, who was you know allowed quite a bit of goals this season. They couldn't do anything. Steven Stamkos started off the season really hot, and now he's just a little stale too. So I don't know what has to change with them. Maybe getting Vasilevsky back will give them a little bit of momentum, even though Jonas Johansson hasn't even been bad, but I don't know. They've been disappointing. Anything else you want to add before you got to go? Uh, Panos has to leave. We're going to keep this relatively short here today for our first episode. It did take us quite a bit of time figuring out how, in fact, we were going to do the audio here, but it, it's really okay. We'll get back at it for a longer episode on Tuesday to come out on Wednesday and we're going to talk to Zach a little bit after Panos goes where he can talk a little bit about his show to all of you guys um, that will be tuning into this on Monday morning and getting ready for his show on Tuesday. Anything you want to say, Pano? I, we're going to have you here in Chicago next week, hopefully, right? Yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I got to go be a beer league hero in a little bit, so that's where I'm going off to. But other than that, I think we covered everything that really happened. I mean, Jack Campbell got sent down to Bakersfield too. I mean, and let it just the worst get... goal ever, just the worst <laughs> goal ever in his first game in the minors after getting chirped by that fan yeah. who had that hilarious sign. Yeah, that was brutal. I feel bad for him. He's a nice guy, but he honestly hasn't been good this season or last season or you know half the season before that. So honestly, he's got to get going. Hopefully that send down to Baco could get him going uh, because they're paying him $5 million, uh for another four years, I think. And uh, he's also getting paid $6 million in the AHL. The cap hit is still $5 million, but he's getting, a, he's getting a promotion basically by going down to Baco, which is crazy. I mean, he's getting his salary is $6 million. So that's a little weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I think we covered all bases. Hopefully we can get more of a longer episode going now that we kind of know how to set things up. No, absolutely. But, yeah. And we'll get some more segments going too. We'll do some fun things to try and get uh, more interaction from especially a lot of Panos' fans and seeing, you know, maybe what they want to know about Panos, seeing what kinds of questions they want to hear about hockey and the NHL and um, different topics in sports maybe even. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be growing this and adding more and getting more layers and having more fun with it. Yeah, for sure. How many are you going to score tonight, Pano? How many am I going to score tonight? Yeah. 
on a oh, I'm on a drill, man. Last four games with no goals, and my last three games only one point. So, but I got some new skates, size nines now. So I'm ready to I'm ready to rip it all out there. So I'll let you know. I'll, have you worn them yet? Uh, I have worn them for two skates, but like uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. They're better fitting on me. I mean, for people who don't know, I've been wearing skates uh, two and a half sizes too small for me to uh, for the past for the, all, the entire season. So I mean, we'll see how this skate goes here. All right, well, good luck. Let me know how it goes. Thank you, thank you. All right, I'll see you boys later. Yeah, thank you so much. Good luck, Mike. Yeah, yeah, see you guys. All right, let's give it a little bit of a round of applause for him right there, shall we? So, Panos is gone, but um, we also have Zach Elliott here, um, and he's going to be hosting his show, The Deep Fade, with Zach Elliott, like I mentioned earlier. And I figured we would just have him on in the studio um, just because it's a nice Sunday here and there's football on. And um, I just, I'll throw it over to you, Zach. Why don't you tell the people a little bit about your show and what you're going to be doing here with us? So, yeah, um, the deep fade, as the last 20, 25 minutes has proven, uh, I cannot carry my water when it comes to hockey, but I am absolutely here for everything else. Uh, A lot of the time, at least at first, it's going to, a couple of us on but going forward uh, I'm gonna have myself talking about primarily football uh, basketball is my main love but then I also follow golf and baseball and yada yada um, and anything that the time calls for uh, and even when it's just me we have Raven who I'll let introduce himself but he is a good friend and can uh, can match the weight class when it comes to talking about a lot of that stuff too Raven, what's going on, my man? Hello. I'm the one in the backgrounds. I'm the producer and editor. Uh, I'll be around for both shows, but mainly we'll be letting these guys carry their weight and just kind of trying to be there in the background and help. I'll definitely throw in my own opinions about certain sports and stuff, but we'll keep that to a future segment. Um, Yeah, I'll just really be in the background making things run smoothly and helping these guys run the show. Panos and I, I know, um, are really happy to have you both board, and we think this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to give you both the opportunity to create. Zach, who's your who's your white whale guest right off the hop? If you could if you could have anybody on the Deep Fade first episode, even though it won't happen. Uh, I mean, like, I think local guys, just because we're here. And, I mean, this city has given me just about everything I could ever want as within a reasonable degree of expectation. So one guy I listen to all the time is Jason Goff, someone who I respect a lot and listen to. So if you're talking white whales, that would be one also just because he seems like a fun guy. Well, I, uh, I think that'll do it for. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate Tassos. I appreciate Raven. Um, look forward to, to everything that's going to be happening here. And, for Alethea for existing. Yeah, thank you, uh, anybody and everybody, for tuning into this, and we'll we'll be sharing this and making more soon. Peace out. <laughs>